0: Section forty six of The Mistress of London, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gray Clayton. The Mistress of London, Volume Three by George W. M. Reynolds. Section forty six. Chapter forty five. Mr. Dykes and His Myrmidons. It was midnight, and profound silence reigned throughout the region of fields, But suddenly that silence was broken by the tread of several persons who emerged from a by-alley in the immediate vicinity of Brandon Street. They were six in number, five men and a woman. "'This is the street,' said the woman. "'Oh, this is it, Mrs. Bunce, eh?' returned mr dykes the bow street officer rubbing his nose with the knob of his stout ash stick while his countenance on which the bright moonbeams played showed an expression of calm determination yes that's the house there the ninth on t'other side of the way added mrs bunce well now we don't want you no more ma'am said dykes cause women is all very well in their place and darling creatures they are too BUT WHEN A GRAB IS TO BE MADE, THEY'RE BEST AT HOME, abed, AND ASLEEP. SO GOOD NIGHT TO YOU, MA'AM. GOOD NIGHT, GENTLEMEN ALL, RESPONDED MRS. BUNCE, AND SHE HURRIED AWAY. NOW, BINGHAM AND YOU fellows," SAID MR. Dykes, WE MUST MIND WHAT WE'RE UP TO, FOR WE SHAN'T CATCH A WEASEL ASLEEP. YOU, BINGHAM, TAKE ONE OF THE RUNNERS AND GET ROUND TO THE BACK OF THE HOUSE. ME AND TOTHER CHAPS WILL MAKE THE ENTRY IN THE FRONT. BUT WE SHAN'T STIR A PEG FOR ONE QUARTER OF AN HOUR. "'and by that time you'll be at your post.' "'All right,' returned Mr. Bingham, "'and this individual accordingly moved off, "'followed by one of the subordinate runners. "'In the meantime Tom Rainford was sleeping, "'not dreaming of danger, in the arms of the beautiful Jewess. "'Charlie Watts was cradled in a little bed made up for him "'in the warmest corner of the room. "'A light burned in the apartment, where naught was heard,' save the slow regular breathing of the sleepers the clear transparent olive complexion of the beautiful jewess contrasted strongly with the florid countenance of the highwayman, and the commingling of the raven hair of the one with the light almost yellow locks of the other produced a strange effect as the marked discrepancy of hues was set off by the snowy whiteness of the pillow by the feeble light of the candle It appeared as if ebony and gold were blending on a white ground. But, hark, what is that sound which breaks on the silence of the chamber? And wherefore does the highwayman start from his sleep? He awakes and listens. The Jewess also awakes and also listens, one of her beautifully modelled arms thrown around the neck of him whom she loved so fondly. Someone is trying the back door whispered Rainford at length, and he leapt from the bed. In less than a minute he had thrown on his clothes, and grasping his pistols, he hastened to the window. But at the same instant the back door was forced in, more violently, no doubt, than Bingham and his co-operator had intended, and the sound was too unequivocal to permit Tom Rain to doubt the meaning of the disturbance. Returning to the bed, he said, in a hurried but solemn and deeply impressive tone, "'Dearest, I am betrayed. "'If I escape, you shall soon hear from me. "'If I am captured, I charge you, "'by all the love I bear for you, "'by all the love you bear for me, "'not to attempt to visit me in prison. "'Farewell, dearest, dearest girl.' "'He embraced her fondly, affectionately, most lovingly, "'while she sobbed as if her heart would break.' and then in a moment he tore himself away. Footsteps, many footsteps, were already ascending, nay, rushing, up the stairs. He darted from the room, sprang up a ladder which stood on the landing, pushed up a trap door, and in another moment was on the roof of the house. The officers were close upon him. Dykes and his two men had effected an entry by the front door of the house almost at the same moment that Bingham and his follower had broken in at the back, and the entire posse, "'reached the landing just at the moment that the trap-door fell down heavily into place. "'He's escaped by the roof!' cried Dykes. "'Bing on, me boy! Take a couple of chaps and watch the backs of the houses. "'He can't get away by the front. It's too high for him to leap into the street. "'Me and t'other chap will after him to the tilings.' "'Thus saying, Dykes ascended the ladder as quickly as his unwieldy form would permit.' the trap-door was easily raised as it only fastened inside and the portly body of the bow street officer who possessed more courage than alacrity was forced through the small aperture the operation was slow and difficult but at last mr dykes stood on the narrow ledge which ran along the whole row of houses and from which the roof rose obliquely behind this ledge was only protected by a parapet about two feet high and the officer felt his position to be anything but a safe one but he was not a man to shrink from danger come along you fellow he cried out to his follower who speedily emerged from the opening you cut along that way and i'll go this and they proceeded in different directions on the roof of the house the moon shone brightly but tom rainford was not to be seen suddenly an exclamation of triumph burst from the yard at the back of one of the adjacent houses "'Halloa!' vociferated Dykes from the eminence on which he stood. "'We've got him fast enough,' returned Bingham. A piercing shriek from a window that had been thrown open denoted the anguish of the Jewess whose ears had caught these words. Mr. Dykes and his attendant subordinate now retraced their way to the trap-door, through the aperture of which they once more forced themselves, and when they had regained the landing, Dykes said, now you go and join my partner bingham cause this rainford is a desperate fellow and the more there is to guard him the better the man accordingly took his departure and mr dykes knocked gently on the door of the bedroom who's there asked a voice within a voice soft and melodious but now expressive of the most intense anguish beg pardon ma'am said dykes but i must do my duty "'and if so be you'll have the kindness to dress yourself. "'I should like to examine the boxes and cupboards and such like, "'just for form's sake, and that's all.' "'Must you add to the grief which is already?' "'The plaintive voice was interrupted by a violent fit of sobbing, "'with the mournful sounds of which the crying of the little boy now commingled. "'I don't want to annoy you, ma'am,' returned Dykes i should hope not indeed exclaimed the landlady who having been alarmed by the disturbance had got up and dressed herself and was now ascending the stairs but what is it all about and why do you break into a respectable house in this way i don't suppose you're thieves or else i am an officer ma'am exclaimed dykes drawing himself up with offended dignity as the candle which the landlady carried in her hand lighted the landing-place i am an officer ma'am and my partners have just taken one thomas rainford a highwayman a highwayman ejaculated the widow who had never suspected the character of her lodger and who was a prudent woman that never troubled herself about other people's business so long as her rent was regularly paid yes a highwayman added dykes but i've no time to stand palavering i believe there's a lady in this room here and i must overhaul the place as the case is a serious one you'll do well to step in and let me do the job quietly i don't want to annoy her the law isn't at loggerheads with her and so she's nothing to fear as for me i'm as gentle as a lamb when a lady's concerned the widow urged the afflicted girl within the room to open the door and as the latter had by this time dressed herself the request was complied with but the jewess wore a deep black veil over her head when the officer and the landlady entered the bedchamber, and taking charlie in her arms she seated herself in a chair near the bed whispering a few words of consolation to the little boy even amidst the terrible violence of her own grief as for charles he knew that something wrong was occurring but he was too young to comprehend the real nature of the appearances which terrified him dykes just opened a cupboard plunged his hands into a trunk And turned out the contents of a carpet bag, but he did not prosecute his search any farther, for he was too much experienced in the ways of robbers and rogues to suppose for a moment that he should find on the premises any portion of the money stolen from Sir Christopher Blunt. This being the charge on which Rainford was arrested. The search, such as it was, was merely for form's sake, because the magistrate was sure to inquire whether the prisoner's lodgings had been carefully examined and this superficial glance at the contents of the boxes would enable mr dykes to give an affirmative answer without any very great deviation from the actual truth he accordingly quitted the room within a minute after entering it but he turned on the landing just to beg the dear young lady not to take on too much and also to assure the mistress of the house that she should be recompensed for the injury done to her abode by the violent entry affected by himself and his companions. We must leave the landlady to console, or endeavour to console, the unhappy Jewess, and accompany Mr Dykes, who passed out of the house by the back way, and stepped over two or three low fences which separated the yards of the respective dwellings, until he reached that one where Tom Rain was in the custody of Bingham and the subordinate runners. It appeared that the gallant highwayman, finding how hotly he was pursued when he was escaping by means of the trap-door, and dreading lest the whole neighbourhood should be alarmed ere he could possibly get away, had resolved on the dangerous expedient of sliding down from the roof to the back of the buildings by means of the perpendicular leaden water-pipe, but when he was half-way down in his perilous descent he missed his hold and fell upon the stone pavement of the yard beneath he endeavoured to get up and escape but could not his right ankle was sprained almost to dislocation and in a few moments he was discovered and captured by the detachment under the orders of bingham he heard the piercing scream which followed the announcement of his arrest by this officer and that scream oh it went to thy generous heart tom rain but he uttered not a word he offered no resistance although he had his pistols about him He not only shrank from the idea of shedding human blood, but he was also well aware that his case was now too desperate to be benefited by even desperate means. For, even if he slew all the officers, he could not drag himself away ere the neighbours would collect and capture him. And by this time the whole line of houses was awake with bustle and excitement. Light after light appeared at the different casements, windows were thrown up, and the rumour spread like wildfire that a famous highwayman had just been arrested. The reader may well conceive the nature of the sensation which now prevailed all along the back of Brandon Street. But in one room there was a beauteous woman convulsed with torturing, maddening anguish, for deep was her love for thee, Tom Rain. Now then, cried Dykes, as he made his appearance in the yard where the highwayman was sitting. "'on an inverted wash-tub, surrounded by the runners, "'to whom he had surrendered his pistols. "'Now then, lads, let's off with him to Quad. "'How do you do, Mr. Rainford? "'Don't want to crow over a gentleman in trouble, "'but thought I should have you some day or another.' "'And then, stooping down, he whispered in Tom's ear, "'I was obliged to give a look in at the crib up there just now, "'but I only stayed for a moment.' and shan't trouble the poor lady any more. She had a veil over her face, so I don't know who she is. That is, you see, I shan't know if I'm asked any questions by the beak. But, of course, I'm aware it's the handsome Jewess who did the diamond business. You are mistaken! You are mistaken! said Rainford emphatically. But if you showed her any civility, I sincerely thank you. "'Lord bless you, Mr. Rainford. I wouldn't do anything to annoy you for the world. "'I can't help admiring a brave man, and you're one. "'The poor dear lady will be troubled no more by us. "'And it's nothing to me who she is or who she is not. "'The law don't want her at all events.' "'One word more,' said Tom. "'Who has done this business for me?' "'A lawyer named Howard,' was the answer. "'But I can't say no more.' "'Then what is the charge against me?' asked Tom, a considerable load already removed from his mind. "'Sir Christopher Blunt's little business, that's all,' replied Dykes. "'But come along, we must off to Horsemonger. Mr. Dykes and Mr. Bingham politely offered Rainford their arms, and the procession passed through the house in the yard belonging to which the capture had been made. The occupants of that dwelling, men, women, and children, all in their night-dresses, crowded on the stairs, to catch a glimpse of the terrible highwayman, whose good-looking appearance excited the sympathy of the female portion of the spectators. Half an hour afterwards, Tom Rain was lodged in a cell in the criminal department of Horsemonger Lane jail. But his heart was lighter than the reader might possibly suppose, for he was relieved of the first and most natural fear that assailed him namely that it was on account of benjamin bones's death that he was pursued if i must be hanged he thought with himself i would rather it should be for highway robbery than aught else but oh tamar tamar what is to become of thee and as he sat on the humble pallet in the darkness of his solitary cell he buried his face in his manacled hands In another moment a moonbeam penetrated through the barred window. And in that silver ray glistened the tears which trickled between his fingers. And yet it was not for himself he wept. Thou wast no coward, but thou hast a generous heart, Tom Rain. End of section 46. Recording by Gray Clayton.